Alrighty then. Well, y'all love a good conspiracy, right? I love a good conspiracy. The thing that I usually like most about conspiracies is that usually they're far enough back that you're not having to like live through the horror of witnessing it in real time. So that brings me to the question, anybody been paying attention to the Iowa caucus the, the last couple days? Yeah. Uh, so as some of you might know, uh, anybody who listens regularly, a little while back, I joined a couple far left groups on Facebook. Well, not like directly through the podcast, but I wanted access to some of this information. I did the same to like far right groups because uh, extremists are that that's just that's just proving ground for conspiracy. So I was like, hey, this would this would be kind of cool for the podcast, you know. I love talking about conspiracies with you guys. And then uh well it finally paid off, right? When Pete Buttigieg first announced that he was jumping in the race, a lot of people were saying, Oh, he's a he's like a CIA plant. That's literally what they said. Which makes sense, you know, he's a decent looking guy. He could totally be a spook, right? But I didn't really think much of it. I just thought that it was kind of a silly, off-the-cuff sort of remark. So I didn't think anything of it. But then watching this caucus thing unfold and seeing a lot of these same people in the far-left groups pretty much doing their I told you so dance. If you don't know what's going on with the Iowa caucus right now as I'm making this video, uh, about two-thirds of uh, the reporting for the Democrats has gone through. The, uh, the Republican side, they pretty much reported it live. Uh, Trump got 97% of support amongst Republicans. No surprise there. He got all but one uh, vote from like one of the, the superdelegates or whatever they call them. He got 39 out of 40 possible votes. Um, the last one went to, like I think, Bill Weld, I think is the guy's name. Which, for a conservative, you couldn't have made up a better name. Bill Weld. <laughs> but anyway, so the Democrats, though, this, I mean, seriously, I was up all night waiting for these results because I've been saying, I even did an episode a few episodes back that uh, it's called Feel the Burn. If you want to look through the previous videos, it's about what happened in 2016 with the uh, basically the DNC helped Hillary Clinton hijack the election from Bernie Sanders, well, the primary, I should say, from Bernie Sanders in the last election. Uh, Donna Brazile actually wrote a book about it called Hack. Uh, again, all that information is in the previous episode. If you if you haven't heard about this, I highly recommend. That's like the 10-minute the version for a book that'll take you like maybe half a day to read. Uh, but anyway, so, so this go-around, right... The Iowa caucus isn't reporting anything for the Democrats. So as soon as I see this, obviously, like, I, my brain goes into overdrive. I'm going crazy. I'm like, no way. No way. Like, if you were playing board games with your friend and you caught him cheating, so you spent, like, three years pretty much saying, like, fuck you, I'm not playing board games with you anymore. And then after three years, they finally convince you to play again. As soon as some weird shifty stuff happens, 
you you just know they're cheating, right? There's the the whole thing that about like the impeachment was actually to sideline Bernie and blah blah blah, and this is that impeachment's not about Trump, which Trump said, which kind of made him look like a moron. Anybody else can say it, and it's just a conspiracy. If Trump says it, it kind of makes him look dumb. I'll admit. Uh, but anyway, so there is something to be said about that, though, right? Like, it's not weird to assume they're cheating. We know they cheated. A woman who was very involved in the cheating process wrote a whole book about it. Her name's Donna Brazil. It's called Hack. She was on CNN last night talking, like, as the Democrats were holding up the uh, the reporting Donna Brazil was like, well, this kind of makes it look like they might be cheating. From the mouth of a cheater, this makes it look like they might be cheating. You don't say, Donna. So, anyway. So, nothing's reported. All night. All day today. I think, what was it? It was probably like, it was probably 3 or 4 o'clock today before they actually released just 62% reporting. Which shows Pete Buttigieg comes in at twenty six and a half percent, and then Bernie come in at like twenty five and a half percent of the votes. Those being the number one and number two guys, virtually tied. But Pete gets a chance to declare himself the winner because he's technically ahead at this time. And I keep I've been checking like every half hour. They haven't they haven't updated to show the rest yet. It looks like a lot of this is a momentum-building game for Pete. If it looks like Pete's winning going into New Hampshire, New Hampshire is a lot more likely to hand it over to him because, frankly, that just happens a lot between Iowa and New Hampshire. It's very common. But we still don't know what's in that other third of those votes. Or rather, third of the reporting, but it's way more than a third of the votes, if I'm not mistaken. It should be like way, way more than like the main portion hasn't been reported yet. But they get to call Pete the winner. But that's all just conjecture, right? That's just conjecture. Why, like you know, that they the media just really doesn't want Bernie to win. Which, I mean, I've said before, and, you know, a lot of conservative pundits say, like, that's just conspiracy talk, that's dumb. Which, to me, again, if you know that they cheated against this guy specifically, I don't know why it's dumb to think they would do it again. Having said that, you have to look at the reason why the reporting has been held up. It's because of this app. The Democrats, in a, I guess they wanted it to be super transparent, so they were doing all their reporting through this app, right? And that this was new technology they were using to try and bring the election into the future. And they did. They did. They wanted an authoritarian future, so they're hijacking the election using technology. So, excellent work. They did exact For once, they did exactly what they promised they would do. So... Basically, what happened was uh, the app developed by a company called Shadow, Shadow Inc. Like, you couldn't have made up a better name. And honestly, I feel like they did it on purpose because they're like, oh, it's so on the nose, right? If we call it, like, John Smith Incorporated, it's going to be like the flower van full of FBI agents. Well, like, 
just spray paint on the side of this van, definitely not a government vehicle. And you look at it and you're like, well, if they were a government vehicle trying to hide, they wouldn't have spray painted that on there. And then you go about your day. So Shadow Inc. designs this app for reporting the Iowa caucus. Do you want to know who was key? Who One of these guys who was so important in the development of this app, and in fact many of the people on staff for Shadow Inc., all ex-Hillary Clinton election primary like campaign officials. This app company just happens to hire a bunch of uh, people who, what I guess, were heavily involved in politics like four years ago today. What a coincidence. What a strange coincidence that they would do such a thing. But even more interesting is that there's plenty of reports out there right now showing that Pete Buttigieg's campaign actually had hired Shadow Inc., in their campaign already that shadow inc was working for Buttigieg in uh i guess it was like some logistics capacity and uh so they were on pete's payroll up until like just a few weeks ago so i just thought that the cia pete and like uh mayor cheat all that i just thought that it was just a bunch of far-left literal socialists. I thought it was just a bunch of socialists saying some crazy things because at the time I had only just joined these groups. So everything, all their rhetoric, their slang words, it was literally like reading a clockwork orange. I didn't understand half the things that they were saying. Uh, So I was just like, yeah, you know, maybe that's just part of the culture here. I mean, some of the things that get said in this group are a little bit bombastic. I assume hyperbolic in a lot of ways. Hyperbolic is giving them a lot of credit uh, if you happen to join any of these groups. But, yeah, so I just thought that that was just some smear that they were throwing around. But now, looking at it, it's pretty hard to ignore. So... I really look forward to seeing this play out over the next several months. Uh, And by that, what I mean, I'm going to do my best not to lose any sleep over it and to watch politics as if they're a movie and not like something that could potentially, you know, change anyone's life. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I talk about Sanders a lot on this show. And for those of you who know me, I'm pretty open about the fact Sanders is not my candidate. He is not my favorite candidate by any stretch. And in fact, ironically, if you take both of them simply at their word, right, I would actually have a lot more in common with Mayor Pete. Not Certainly not everything, but a lot more. So some of you may be asking, and again, this is just taking them at their word, not trying to, you know, dissect anything. But I have said pretty often that though I don't agree with a lot of these solutions that Bernie proposes to some of these problems he's campaigning on in his platform, I don't agree with necessarily all of his solutions in terms of taxation, 
and exactly how to implement a healthcare solution for Americans. But the fact of the matter is, he is the only candidate talking about healthcare solutions for Americans. I would really like if Bernie could honestly win the primaries the way it kind of seems like he deserves to. I would like if he won the primaries because then other candidates... I, I Personally, I don't know if, if a socialist could beat Trump in 2020. I really don't know. I don't, I, I'm not inclined to think so. I know that it tracks well amongst young people and people who use social media the most. But when you start talking about like old people and all kinds of different minorities, I feel like black people are kind of lukewarm on Sanders too, like statistically speaking, but I really don't know. My point is that if Sanders brings these questions to the forefront of American politics, then Trump has to address it somehow. He has to. He has to have some kind of conservative healthcare solution. I've actually come up with a couple like conservative or otherwise libertarian ways to try and tackle healthcare and make it better. And you'd have to see conservatives tackle those kinds of things. And even if it was mostly sidestepped and it was a close call, thank God we didn't elect the gummy. If it was one of those, it's still going to come up again in four years. As soon as Trump's no longer the incumbent and other Republicans have to step forward and Democrats are stepping forward and more Democrats are still talking about, you know, you know, Medicare for all or just straight up democratic socialism. Like, what do we do? You're going to see Republican candidates have to take those ideas to task. And I find that this is a net gain. Uh, nothing is accomplished by Mayor Pete hijacking the election. And in essence, silencing those primary goers that voted. And I mean, the idea of the primaries is that those people are still supposed to be representative of the entire population, right? So, I mean, if you hijack the election from what's half of the electorate in the country, you've effectively silenced the voices of half of these people begging for a solution or an answer to this question, this problem that they're having. So yeah, good job, Democrats. You've actually proven you don't give a fuck about any of the people in your party because you're willing to constantly steal the election from them so these ideas will never come to task. You hate Trump so much, you are willing to set your own base on fire. Uh, for what? Anyway, I'm just gonna, I'm probably just gonna leave it there. Uh, this episode, if you're listening on Spotify, this episode's not gonna have all the super cool stuff in the Facebook video. I usually like to do, uh, for the sake of just trying to get this out fast, because uh, this news is pretty fresh. So, anyway, uh, in the future, though, you know, I it, like I said, go over to that Facebook page, watch that Feel the Burn episode. I've got tons of other stuff on there, too. Uh, so I like to, you know, add sources to the articles I'm referencing. Uh, for, like, that gun rights rally, I took a lot of pictures. I took a lot of video, because I wanted people to be able to see some of it for themselves. So... You know, like I said, go over to that Facebook page, 
hit like or follow so that way it'll tell you when I post new videos and that way you can see some of the cool stuff that's already on there. Every episode's a new episode if you've never seen the episode before. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Common Criminal Podcast, and I am your host, Vince Bolson.